0: New to the living healthy lifestyle or a healthy living veteran, this is your place for honest answers. Naturally savvy with registered holistic nutritionist, Andrea Donsky and health journalist, Lisa Davis.
1: I'm Lisa Davis with Andrea Donsky. Recently, I had to take just a very short term. Hello, darling. Short term of antibiotics for this procedure that I had and... I immediately thought, okay, where are the probiotics? And then I thought, geez, Lisa, you're supposed to be taking these every day anyway. Why are you forgetting? So we're thrilled to have back on the show, the wonderful Desiree Nielsen, BSCRD. We're going to be talking about the impact of antibiotics on gut health and why probiotics are so important and why you don't only want to take them when you uh, are taking antibiotics, but why you want to take them all the time. Hey, Desiree.
0: Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm a So so far, navigating cold and flu season
1: with just a few sniffles. Oh, oh that's, that's good! good. Lucky.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, Desiree, I had the chance to talk to you last week. We did a Facebook Live on Naturally Savvy. So for those of you who are listening, definitely go to Naturally Savvy's Facebook page and. Watch the interview that Desiree and I did. It was so eye-opening. And I thought I knew a lot, Desiree, but uh-uh, when I spoke to you, oh my gosh, did I learn so much more about probiotics, when to take them, especially around antibiotics? So I thought, you know what? It was antibiotic awareness week, awareness week last week. Let's talk about antibiotics and the importance of taking probiotics at the same time. So let, you know, why don't we start with when we're taking an antibiotic, what it does to us, I mean, obviously, we're not saying not to take it. It's very important. We know antibiotics saves lives. What we're saying is how do we integrate probiotics with it and the importance of it? So I'll let you take it from there, Desiree.
0: Well, and I think this is, you know, part of the miscommunication around taking antibiotics because when we stress about the side effects, people think, oh, okay, so I shouldn't take antibiotics. No, if you need them, if you have a bacterial infection, you absolutely should take antibiotics. The challenge is not to take them when you have a cold or flu, which is viral and they don't do anything because antibiotics are critical for killing harmful bacteria. But the challenge is is that when you take them, they also kill beneficial bacteria. And so Mm. that's why we take a probiotic when we take an antibiotic because when you create this essentially Mm. vacuum of good bacteria within your gut, that's when those those little um you know opportunistic pathogens the ones that can make you sick if they have the opportunity that's when they mm-hmm. get the opportunity to grow and thrive and then they can cause that diarrhea that's associated with antibiotic use sometimes it can be very mild and go away quickly sometimes it can be very serious and uh, even life-threatening mm-hmm. so when we take a probiotic it's like giving those bacteria to stand in for your own So they can help keep those opportunistic pathogens at bay, keep your gut running smoothly so the antibiotic can do its job and make you better without having the side effect of making your gut worse in the process. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And it's not just the gut in terms of the effects of diarrhea or other issues. It's also that plays a role in your immune system,
0: correct? It does. because. You know, particularly because it's cold and flu season, you know, many right. people forget, although we are starting to talk about this so much more, which I love, but that your gut <laughs> is not just your gut. It's not just digestion. Your gut is very heavily innervated. So it affects your nervous system health. Your gut is also the site of the vast majority of your immune cells and activity. And so when your gut is working well, your immune system has a nice, calm, balanced tone so that it acts when it needs to, but doesn't overact when things are actually okay, you know, because then that ends up in that chronic inflammation that none of us want.
2: You know, Desiree, I have a question. What about for people who are listening Mm. who... A, have had children who have had to go on antibiotics for many years, you know, let's say they were, you know, they had an ear infection or like my son, he was on antibiotics at five days old and he had, yeah, he, it's, yeah, it was crazy. He was rushed to the hospital and he had high bilirubins and it was awful. So he was on antibiotics as an infant and, you know, from then on it was constantly trying to replenish his gut with, you know, good bacteria. What are some protocols Mm. that people can do who are listening to say, okay, I know that I need to repair my gut how do we do that? Like, I I know obviously everyone's individual and you can't give medical advice here, but really an overview of, okay, so here's what, you know, general tips of how to repair that gut. So that includes obviously probiotics Mm -hmm. so that we can help people who are listening.
0: Exactly. So, and I had a similar situation. So my first child was early. So I delivered him on a penicillin drip. So all the probiotics in the world beforehand, Kind of got wiped out, and so uh, when when you need probiot- when you need antibiotics, when a child has had multiple ear infections, my little girl has had a couple back to back. What you need to do is exactly so you get on the probiotics right away. If you weren't able to do that with antibiotics, then you work on afterwards. So giving a probiotic for here we don't really have a protocol, so I would say give it three months. Three months is always a really nice amount of time that I use with my chronic disease clients, like people with celiac disease or IBS, to give the probiotics an opportunity to make a more long-term effect. But then when you have the good bacteria, one of the most critical things you can do is feed them properly. Because if you give probiotics in a body that has a very uh, hyper-processed, high-sugar, you know, high-industrial-fat diet, then you will give the good bacteria, but you're not going to give them the food they need to thrive. So this means all the fruits, all the veggies, lots of plant fibers, which sometimes are harder to get into little ones. and Actually, sometimes Mm -hmm. they're harder to get into adults too. But you want to make sure that you're feeding them properly so they have the opportunity to gain a foothold. Yeah,
1: that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it really is about the whole foods, isn't it? I think we forget that. Now, when you're having someone who needs that extra boost, how much should you be giving them? And then also, what do we look for in a probiotic to make sure we're not just taking them and yeah. then they're not even doing what they need to do?
0: Good, good question, Lisa. So it is, and and it's and it's a tricky one to answer in general. So you know, I can speak sure. from the one that I know the most because each probiotic has its own unique. Therapeutic dosage. And the way a good probiotic company should arrive at that is through clinical research, doing research in the lab first and then doing research in humans to say, we know when we put X number of bacteria into the human that we get this result. And so, with BioK, for example, their unique therapeutic dosage is 50 billion with a B. We know that's the dosage that helps you fight antibiotic associated diarrhea, C. diff associated diarrhea. And then in my practice, because I have a digestive health practice, that's the dosage I use for someone with Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, IBS, or celiac disease. Huh,
1: okay. Um, and when I, it comes I know to that... what to look oh, for go ahead.
0: Um, when it comes to what to look for, that is probably the number one thing. Look for a product that actually does clinical research, which means you gotta go on the website and you gotta see, hey, do they have any like research papers that have actually used their product? Um, I really believe in looking for a refrigerated Still at this date, I think in the future we're going to get to the point where most of the probiotics are totally shelf stable. But at this date, I still think you should look for a refrigerated probiotic that may be shelf stable when you bring it home. But that ensures that even if it's been sitting on the shelf for six months, that it's still alive and active. Because you've got to remember, we're dealing with live, active microorganisms, not an inert chemical like vitamin D. Hmm.
2: You know, Desiree, something you said to me in the Facebook Live really you know, hit home in terms of understanding strains of probiotics. And you were saying that BioK has three types of strains. And, you know, specifically, I think it was the lactobacillus, if I'm remembering correctly, is that these strains actually help to feed all the other strains. Let's talk a little bit about that, because I think that's a really important thing to understand when it comes to buying a probiotic.
0: True. And I think particularly, uh, it's something that we have a lot of confusion about. Even in the last couple of weeks, um, one study really made the headline round where they used uh, multiple uh, retail probiotics. And the headline was probiotics do nothing but go right. Yes,
2: I saw that. Oh, gosh. Who
0: funded that study is what I want to know. Tell me who
2: funded it. Who yeah, you know, I don't even believe that. And when I see stuff like that, (laughs) I'm just like, okay, who funded it? Obviously, some you know, whatever. It's yeah. Anyways. Right.
0: (laughs) Well, and it's interesting. And you know, and and what was the rigor? I think sometimes sometimes researchers will study things and not truly design their study in a way that's applicable to real life. And what that means is is that there are so many strains you could choose. So if you're a researcher, you have, you know, essentially laboratory warehouses full of strains. So I want to test that one. I want to test that one. Oh, and look at all of these ones on the retail market. Let's just try them. They're not necessarily great quality products. They're not necessarily the ones that do their own clinical research. So there are probiotics on the market that do very little for you. However, the ones that do something for you, the, you know the bioKs of the world, the other research and evidence-based probiotics of the world, we know that they do something for us, because we've seen that demonstrated in the research. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. really critical to understand. And so <clears throat> the other thing that's really critical to understand about the strains, because we have all this confusion about which strains are best. Do I need certain species? Do I need other species? Do I need 10 different strains? Is one enough? Is to remember that probiotics work by reinforcing, protecting, and supporting your own natural microbiome, because each one of us has a we are more genetically similar to each other than we are our bacteria are similar to each other, which is a crazy thing to wrap your head around. And so, we will never have a probiotic that mirrors the incredible diversity of our gut microbiome. Instead, when you take the right probiotic, it helps to support the growth of those around it. So a good example that we were talking about in the Facebook live is the three strains in Biok K come from the lactobacillus genus. And mm-hmm. we've seen in the research that lactobacilli in the gut helps to support the growth of bifido bacteria in the mm-hmm. gut. So even though you're not taking a bifido bacteria because those probiotics, when they are active, are helping to create the optimal environment that supports the growth of good bacteria mm-hmm. that those bifido are thriving too. It's a crazy thing to wrap your head around.
2: No, it, it makes a lot of sense. And then, you know, add into that soluble fiber and prebiotics and then foods that contain, you know, probiotics like fermented foods, all of that, I guess, helped to, you know, create this environment where our body is creating the proper, you know, supporting that good bacteria. But of course, taking that therapeutic dose of bio mm-hmm. is what, you know, is that key. And especially after taking it, you know, after taking a round of antibiotics. And, you know, just to your point, Desiree, I think, what is it we have three to 500 different types of bacteria in our gut alone?
0: At least, at the very yeah. least. And it's funny, because, you know, we used to say, uh, that you have, you know, 10 times more bacterial cells than you have your own cells. And a couple of years ago, researchers actually called that number into question. So there's still so much we're learning about exactly what's in there, how many different strains, the overall number of bacteria. Um, somehow, even after a couple of decades of really cool research, we're still just scratching the surface. It's like having the universe within us that's almost as complex and uncertain as like the universe beyond our ozone.
2: You know wow. <laughs> what? Yeah, it, it's amazing. And I think it's now, what is it? One-to-one? I think it what used to be, like you said, Desiree, it was like 10 to one and now it's one-to-one. I think I think I just read that, but you know, you're right. They're constantly trying to find yeah, that out, yeah, I believe.
0: Yeah, the estimate does appear to be about one-to-one now, which is still really incredible yeah. that you have the same number of bacteria oh. in you and on you that you do your own cells.
2: Oh, we're made up of trillions of bacteria. So,
0: you know, you know one...
2: One thing I want to understand too is, and I want you to explain to our listeners is when should we be taking a probiotic? You know, cause some people have said, oh, should we take it on an empty stomach? Should we take it on a full stomach? I always say that, you know, we should take it whenever we remember because people get so caught up on trying to remember <laughs> when to take certain things, yeah, but let's, you know, you. but, but truthfully, when are we supposed to, if we want to optimize that good bacteria, when right. are we supposed to be taking, you know, bi- probiotics and bio specifically?
0: So the mark of a good probiotic is exactly as you said, that you can take it anytime. The, the time that's best is the time that you remember, just like with exercise, because a good probiotic will have, if it's live and fresh, either some inherent ability to withstand the digestive pH shift. So that acidic stomach to that alkaline digestive secretions, probiotic bacteria can withstand that. If it's freeze dried and in a capsule, then companies who know what they're doing, they enteric coat it to help reinforce that pH shift and help the bacteria survive. So with a meal, without a meal, morning, noon or night, as long as you get those bacteria in you. And the other thing that relates to that, that a lot of people think, oh, well, you know, maybe if I just take like a box of bio for example, once a month. Like I'll just buy one box a month and I'll just take them for 12 days and then not take anything the rest of the time. Um, the research really supports that you should trickle a little bit in every single day. So even if you're not taking like a full dose of your probiotic, taking a smaller dose every single day is that consistency is more powerful than taking it like once a month or once every couple of months. Hmm,
2: that's interesting Now. Desiree, there are certain probiotics I've seen on the market that are like specifically targeting mood or specifically targeting female issues. Like, for example, my mother used to get a lot of UTIs and she was, you know, she had showed me that there was a product that's specifically for female UTIs. Can you talk a little bit about that? Are they different strains or are they, you know, is it marketing? Like, I'm curious about how that works.
0: You know, at its best, they are different strains that have evidence to support that use. One of the biggest challenges is that there's a big gulf in what we see theoretically in the research and what's actually available on store shelves. So a good example is mood. To my knowledge, and I haven't checked the U.S. products in a little while, but to my knowledge, there is no probiotic on the market that can actually make a claim to help with mood, depression, or anxiety. Even though there is a lot of literature, you know, uh, research literature that shows That actually probiotics should probably Mm. augment mood, depression, or anxiety at one point. With urinary tract infections, the research is a little bit more clear, and there are actually probiotics on the market that are beneficial for UTIs. But what we see is that there's really only a handful of evidence based probiotics, which probably focus their research on one or two things because research is expensive. And then there's a whole bunch of probiotics that market that they're. For our elders, or for kids, or for women, or for men, and they don't actually have clinical research to back up that it's true. true. And so we are in the kind of place where there's a lot, there's a little bit of science, there's a lot of marketing, and it's really difficult, even for us as health professionals, to weed through them. Um, one of the the tools that I love for this, um, there's a Canadian and U.S. version. It's called Probiotic Chart. So. In Canada, it's probioticchart.ca, and then in the U.S., I believe it's usprobioticguide.com, and it's done by a third-party team of pharmacists and health professionals. And so every year, they comb through the research, and they say, which of these probiotics have research? What does their research show us that it can do? And it really helps it make it easy for health professionals and consumers to cut past the marketing and get to the good stuff.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Now, what about people who are sensitive to dairy? I know that there's different types of Bio-K. Talk to us about that.
0: There are. So one of the things that I love about Bio-K is there's a couple of things that make it unique. The first is that there is this fresh fermented Bio-K. So it's not a yogurt with bio strains mm-hmm. added. It's a 100% human strain, liquid fermented food. Um, so you're still wow. getting the full therapeutic dose, but in a drinkable format. And there are dairy and non-dairy. There are up to four non-dairy options. They're totally vegan, totally gluten-free. And then you just choose your base. It's brown rice. It's uh, coconut and hemp and pea protein. It's non-GMO soy. And then there's a kid's one that actually looks like a raspberry juice. And there's a little bit of pea protein as the base for that.
1: Oh, I got to get that for my daughter. She just got over a, well, she still has this cold, you know, the seven to 10 days. We're on day 10 and she's back at school and she feels about 100%, but, you know, there's still that, you know, nose blowing here and there. So (laughs) I got to get her back on the probiotics. I didn't only forget my own. (laughs) I forgot hers. Oh boy. (laughs) You know, Desiree, let's talk quickly
2: before we have to go about the mind gut connection, because there's so much research now about, you know, I know you were saying about looking for evidence base, but you know, let's talk about the importance of the gut and the fact that neurotransmitters we know now are made in the gut, like serotonin. And just to give people, I mean, we could talk about this next time in more detail, because for me, this is the this is so important. Like to me, it's, it's the coolest thing that our gut is connected to our brain and, you know, through that highway, mm-hmm. that vagus nerve, and it's constantly talking to each other, yes. you know, things like depression and anxiety. I mean, these are things that are coming in, you know, into our purview now, like that we're, we're learning about through the research that can really be helped by just making sure that we optimize our gut microbiome. So let's talk a little bit about that, you know, before we have to, unfortunately, end the podcast, but we'll have more, we'll have more with Desiree. So make sure I, that you subscribe to I Naturally know, Savvy if you don't haven't already. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, we should totally do like a whole half hour on this one. Um, so I want to start by prefacing what I said before. So even though we may not have probiotics for mood, if With everything we know about the brain-gut connection, which is this, that the vast majority of the serotonin in our body is made in our guts, not our brain. It's like 90%. Incredible. And it's incredible. And the bacteria that live in our gut not only can augment your nervous system's production of serotonin, but we now know that certain strains of bacterium can make neurotransmitters themselves. Mm -hmm. So the type of bacteria you have in your gut is really critical. In addition, when they ferment all those great plant foods, they make short-chain fatty acids, which is exactly that. They're like little tiny fats that, yes, provide energy for your gut cells, but they also have effects on your nervous system. And so this is really a new and intriguing area in the research. And we see that people who have depression and or anxiety tend to have different microbiomes than people who don't. So this would make sense that why wouldn't you try a probiotic? But the key is is to use one that is evidence-based, that has a clinically verified dose. We can't guarantee that it will have an effect, but it will certainly be beneficial to you as a whole. Um, So it is really important to note that the gut is not just digestion, that it is immune support, that it is a healthy, happier nervous system. And I really hope that in the future, we're going to know so much more about which strains we can target um, our mental well-being with.
2: Amazing. And I agree. Let's do a half hour on it next time because I think that there's so much new research. And I think that understanding that gut brain connection is key for so many of us. And especially when it comes to mental health, right? I mean, that's, that's where it's stemming from now. So I love it, Desiree. Well, we are out of time, Desiree, and we appreciate you being on our show. Time goes so quickly, but we want to give a quick shout out to our sponsor. I know, right? So Bigelow Tea, thank you for making Naturally Savvy possible. And Desiree and Lisa, did you know that Bigelow has tea with probiotics in it? they do they have uh, I love yeah they have they have their green tea yeah their green tea has probiotics they have a lavender chamomile with probiotics and a lemon ginger now of course these are not therapeutic levels they have about I think it's 1 billion CFUs you know obviously compared to uh, BioCase 50 billion you know you're talking about therapeutic versus enjoying a beautiful cup of tea with some probiotics but they do they do have uh, tea with probiotics so thank you bigelowtea.com and uh, for more information you can visit their website for making naturally savvy Possible. So, probiotics all around today, ladies. Let's give them everybody a big, huge round of applause for probiotics. I love it. Woo! Probiotics. Yeah. All right. I'm Andrea Donsky along with Lisa Davis, and you're listening to Naturally Savvy Radio. Glad I can make you laugh, Lisa. That's good. I like that. Yes. <laughs> like us on all social media at Naturally Savvy, at Andrea Donsky, at Health Media Gal 1, and at Radio MD. Thanks for listening to us. Thank you, Desiree, for talking to us today. And everybody, stay well. Take your. Buy okay probiotics and drink your Bigelow tea, probiotic tea.